Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. T. Frank, this is going to be a little bit different kind of show than we typically do because we're going to dedicate three quarters of the show. Of course, we're going to do our Ask T. Frank segment, but the rest of the show we are going to dedicate to one of the most important positions on the field. And with T. Frank here, we've got exactly the right guy to demonstrate his passion and expertise at the position. So, T. Frank, let's go for it. Let's start talking about kickers. You ready? <sighs> sure. <Let's do> <laughs> no, we're not talking kickers, although I could tell by the look on your face, T. Frank, how excited you would be for that. I'll tell you what. Why don't we do that next week, okay? I'll try. I mean, you're 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 the one who signs the checks, and this is your show. So, if you if you want a train wreck, one week of train wrecks, then sure, let's talk about kickers. All right, we're not going to talk kickers today. We're probably not going to talk about them next week or the week after or the week after that. We're going to talk quarterbacks. Okay does does that make you happier, T. Frank? Uh, it makes me more at ease. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say it makes me happier because there is always the, uh, we, we were talking about this before the show. Like I have, I, I have my opinions. I have my analysis. And then no matter what you say, somebody's mad about it because quarterbacks, they create this level of, uh, reaction and passion, which is great for engagement. It's great for people wanting to talk about it, but I fundamentally, don't enjoy the conflict side of this. And with quarterbacks, as you pointed out, there's one quarterback. Penn State might take two in the class of 2024, but one guy gets to play and everyone has a favorite. I had somebody tweet at me the other day that uh, this was an average quarterback and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah that Penn State signed over the weekend. And his guy was the real one. And it was like, all, everything that you needed to know about that 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 tweet, that sentence, that statement, that feeling, it all had to do with the final st- sentence. It had nothing to do with the other stuff at the beginning of it. People just, they root for their guy and and you have to, you know, you roll with it. So it's it it's going to be, a, it's, a, it's a great segment. I'm really looking forward to the show. Uh, hopefully everyone listens with nuance and context, which, you know, is always what I hope for. There are few guarantees in this world, T. Frank, but I will guarantee you there are listeners who are not going to listen with nuance here. But that's okay. We're going to dive into it anyway because it it is fascinating. And where was I just read uh, somewhere talking about Michael Van Buren. His name will come up again in this conversation who committed to Oregon. And someone was pointing out two different services, how different they were in their ranking of Michael Van Buren. One of them Mm -hmm. had him near the very top. Someone else had him much lower. So this is a bit of taste, and it's not just we fans who feel that way, but even the services who this is what they do as a profession can come up with different takes on it. So I will say to your point, and and I will – this is maybe not fair, but uh, as as fans of the show might know, I work for On3, 
which is one of the recruiting services. Uh, but on three tracks where everyone is ranked. And just to give the specifics of that, ESPN has Michael Van Buren as a 90 overall player. He's the 18th player in the nation. Um, uh, but this publicly is, you know, ESPN doesn't update their rankings as frequently as the other major recruiting services. Uh, also, ESPN has Michael Van Buren's games on their television. So I'm not saying that that's the reason they have it overly weighted, but I'm saying they probably have seen Michael Van Buren more than the other players. And the humans have implicit bias, whether they try to or not. And if you have a guy that you've seen a bunch of times up close and personal and you, you know, you have your prior convictions about things and, and you know, it's easy to lean that way. That's how you might have one guy be a five star, but then two, four, seven has him a three star. And it is, it is, uh, as you are saying here, it is very subjective and there's a lot of opinion out there, but that's why you go through the aggregate, right? So you take all of those opinions and uh, on three does the industry ranking, which combines all of those thoughts into one saying the wisdom of the crowd is better than the individual, which is why he's a four star. You know, he's a top 200 player in the nation because there is that wide opinion. There is that wide variety of, of, of point about quarterback. And that's exactly what we're talking about to start the show is there's going to be so much uh, nuance here that, that you got to pay attention to that stuff because it's the it's the deciding factors between a five star and a three star. And and also you have T Frank the uh, within that context of averaging it out or compiling the different services. You know the Russian judge syndrome. <laughs> you know, do you have yeah. that guy who? Well, actually, that kid's my nephew. I'm going to rank him pretty high. Yes. Or, I I think the bias though that you bring up with if you see a player which is not always the case in making these rankings because there's hundreds and over a thousand of, yeah. of these players to evaluate. So if I don't see a kid, I might have to just use some basic numbers, which is 40 time, which is size and so on, mm -hmm. as opposed to this kid's in my backyard. Not only have I seen him in camp, I've seen him play. And inherent in that bias is both the pluses and the minuses. As much as these camps are nice and you get to see the kid throw, it's not like seeing them in a game up yeah. close and personal, which is even better than seeing them the game tape. So it works both ways. It's both biased because you're, you see the kid, but you may also see those intangibles that you can't see unless you're right there close watching the kid live. Yeah, yeah. and to personally, I think the intangible part it should be done separately because it is it is literally intangible. You cannot quantify it to then compare player to player. Um, but there are, uh, to me, and this is kind of what we'll get into in some of the assessments here, is like the intangible part comes through in the play. And, and there are certain things that you can point to that I've always kind of used as earmarkers of, okay, so this tells me this guy's somewhat different. And that's, you know... Uh, uh, should be done through the play and not necessarily done through, I know this kid's dad and I know how he was raised and such things. But, you know, again, like we talked about, bias is a thing in recruiting and it's no more apparent than quarterback. Exactly. So let's get down to the more specifics. Pen, uh, there was an Elite 11 event held mm -hmm. in State College this weekend, not at the Penn State campus, but in State College. And one of the quarterbacks that happened to be there was Ethan Grunkmeyer, who Penn State had made an offer to. And it turns out over the weekend, he committed to Penn State. So tremendous timing here. T. Frank, you were actually at the event. 
got to see Grunkmeyer up close and personal, besides also seeing his tape. Let's start right there. Give us your scouting report on Grunkmeyer. He backs up what is on his tape. And what on what what is on his tape, I, I really like. And not to skirt the question, but I just want to explain the life cycle of this. You know, everything we just said uh, is a perfect setup. Remember everything we just said about biases, about all that stuff. And there's always the initial reaction to a player when you watch their film. I really, 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 really liked Ethan Grunkmeyer. I liked uh, his footwork. I liked his highlight film, the way it was stacked, the plays he showed me, what he was showing me in those plays. Um, so you get the the initial reaction, which you've got to be careful because then when you start talking about a guy and you say, here are all the things I like, here are the positives, here are the positives, here are the positives, it's the highlight tape. So you start building and you start building this, you know, in my, what I do and what you and I do is like, you start building this anticipation, this feeling or, or this, um, uh, kind of an aura around a player of like, he's really good and there are no flaws. We haven't mentioned any flaws. And then what happens is in this process, you watch a little more. And if he is a serious candidate, like he is for Penn state, then you go and you watch the full film. That's my process. I don't stop at the highlight film. I go and I try to seek out as many of their games as possible to see, okay, what's not on the highlight film. And then you start to fill in the gaps and you shade in the areas of gray and, you know, some of the questions you had from the highlight film, you then get the answers to. So then you start knocking off some blocks. <laughs> so then it goes like, OK, you're up here. And then all of a sudden it sounds like you don't like the guy anymore. But it's like it is the full picture. So what we saw from Ethan Grunkmeyer at the Elite 11 camp, he is ultra consistent with his footwork. He is a very well drilled quarterback. He's got a strong arm despite a, a thinner frame, and he can really throw the ball off platform. All those things came through. Now, to be to be uh, fair, I was watching one group of quarterbacks, and I was watching him specifically through my camera lens to get all that stuff for our for you know Blue White Illustrated. So I didn't. I don't feel like I have a full picture of all the quarterbacks that threw, but within that group and listening to all the instructors, every single instructor said the same thing. Great job. That's how you do it. That's exactly what we're looking for because they're going through footwork drills. They're going through, here's a scenario. Dodge this guy in the pocket. You've got to throw while drifting to your left. You've got to roll out. You've got to stop your rollout and throw. And he was, the to me, in that group of the top quarterbacks. He was in the group of the top quarterbacks. He was the most consistent of that group. His footwork, his accuracy, and his ability to throw on the run. All of those things, I think, are incredibly valuable because that's that's where I start accuracy and decision-making from his film and from his overall film, I think his decision-making is good. Now we'll get into it a little bit later when it comes to like his offense and what he's asked to do on the high school level. But when he executes those things, he's, he's a good football player. He's got all of the intangible and tangible things you're looking for. The one thing I dug into is that some of his stuff on the run, he can throw a little high at times. So it's just about dialing that in. Um, because overall you see the consistency, the rhythm. Um, and I'm going to stress this again. He is incredibly quick feet, quick hips, quick feet. And what that means is he can reset and throw on a dime. So that means that when pressure comes his way or when there is a, a, a rollout or a designed on the run throw, he's able to still have the correct mechanics and get there really quickly. 
those are modern day mechanics and those are modern day things you're looking for in a quarterback. So when you combine that with his arm strength and what I think his mind can do, I'm very encouraged about his fit. I think he is going to end up being a mid to high four-star player. He might never be a five-star player, but he has those physical tools to become a high-end starter at college. And I think that what he's working with, his building blocks, they are a high floor as well. I don't project a lot of situations where he's going to struggle exponentially. Like it's not going to build up and, and kind of snowball on him because he's got some things he can fall back on that are very good. Um, so that's kind of my initial assessment of Ethan Grunkmeyer. Um, and then we can get into some of the areas that uh, maybe will knock off some of the shine to make him what he is, which is not a five-star quarterback. Well, T. Frank, I don't want to hear it. I just I heard you right. say he's going to be a superstar, <laughs> and the first time he throws an interception for Penn State, I'm going to come back at you. Yeah, We're see, I told you. <laughs> we'll get to the rest of the story after the break. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante. He is T. Frank Carr. And we are talking quarterbacks today, specifically starting with Ethan Grunkmeyer, the most recent commit to Penn State. And uh, T. Frank, I want to talk a little bit about, you talked about Grunkmeyer, his footwork being so good, being consistent, all of those things. And I was interested because one of the coincidences, or not, with Ethan Grunkmeyer is he has at the high school level the same quarterback coach that Drew Aller did. Now, I'm yep. not going to compare him to Drew Aller, but this idea of having your own quarter, separate quarterback coach. This is not someone on the high school staff, yep. but a quarterback guru working with you. Is there a risk that, okay, here's a guy who all those refinements that you might not see until college for the typical quarterback, 
you're now seeing at the high school level. So there's a chance you overrate them because they're just advanced because that they have that extra quarterback coaching. Well, that's the whole point uh, is to create consistent, repeatable mechanics. And that starts at the when you learn to throw a football. So I, I don't I don't think that it's like you're advanced early. I think it's that you're you're grown correctly. And that's really important. We, you know, we, we are going through this revolution of quarterbacks that are these toolsy guys that work out and become superstars in the NFL. So immediately everyone is comparing Drew Aller to Josh Allen when he's in high school. And the whole point was Josh Allen was not thrown, was not taught to throw the ball correctly until his third year in the NFL. So fundamentally, Drew Aller has, Aller has longer to have the correct mechanics, make them a part of his human DNA of how he responds to an environment and make that a permanent thing. So if you don't ever have any bad traits, you don't have to correct any bad traits and you will maximize the amount of arm strength and, and power and torque and consistent accuracy you have when you throw a football. If you do it right from the beginning and there's not any flaw that you accidentally fall back on when you are under pressure or under duress or tired or injured later in your career. So um, I, I think that it's incredibly important and, and that's the uh, not to get all uh, big picture he, here, but like if you can afford a quarterback coach and if you can afford to do that from a time and dedication standpoint, like that's a significant advantage. And a lot of the serious quarterbacks that are, um, uh, you know, high level prospects, this is this is a more common thing is that they are exposed to these quarterback coaches and given the opportunity to learn good mechanics and to to throw the ball correctly in a modern sense uh, earlier in their career. And I, I think it makes the evaluation easier and it makes, um, you know, what they are appear more readily because uh, there's a there's not this transition period that has to happen. It's like, OK, now it, we're taking it seriously. Now you're in college and you're going to learn the right way to do it where you were just a natural talent before, which is where a lot of that boom and bust comes from where you're looking for just traits, just size, just arm strength. Now it's like, okay, those things, it's easier to diagnose what they are and what they aren't because universally we have this improvement in the high school level of quarterback throwing. So I think it's very important. I think it's, it's, um, it's, uh, I don't want to say necessary, but it is, it is a, a huge advantage to find guys that have this training early on. So you don't have to mess with their mechanics later on. And I express that question in a negative way. Now I'll kind of spin it the positive way. And I'll bring back something you told us a while ago about Drew Aller is you saw such improvement from him while he was still in high school. Yep. And obviously just the improvement itself is a good thing. But the fact is, I took that also as meaning, here's a kid who takes coaching and mm -hmm. can respond to it positively and translate it into positive results on the field. Let's go back to Grunkmeyer and your analysis of him. In the first quarter, you gave us all the positive aspects, but yep. you promised you'd give us the other side also. Okay, let's hear the other side, T. Frank, with Grunkmeyer. Where are the flaws? Um, okay, so so the first thing that stands out is he's in a group of uh, seven, eight quarterbacks, and overall a, a group of maybe 40 quarterbacks at the Elite 11 in State College. And um, from a physical looking at him standpoint, he is one of the thinner players there. He is just built in a way that is lean. And most quarterbacks are built 
you know, a little thicker. I, I interviewed him after the uh, after the camp and like I'm twice as wide as him. Now I'm 30 and I'm a fully grown adult. But like, you know, I, I hate doing this. I always do this because it's the only way I relate to the world. But not to and not anything about me, but just the point of like he is built in a thin way. Um, but on, in, in terms of a frame sense, he is um, he is big enough that I think at Penn State's camp and there's, the, you know, when he gets to uh, the strength and conditioning program, he will be able to add on enough weight to become a solid athlete. You know, literally a physically there's there's room on his frame to grow. He's got big hands. His arms are long enough. He's not, you know, too lean. There's areas for him to develop, and he wasn't necessarily one of the most physically developed quarterbacks at that camp, uh, but he didn't seem to have the same growth potential as some of the others. So he's going to land somewhere in the 205 to 211, you know, in terms of overall weight, somewhere in that category, 6'2", 6'2 and a half. He is a, he's a good frame, but he's not the Drew Aller frame. He's not going to be the prototype size, which people still look for. You know, I know that we have, and I'm, I'm a, I'm, I endorse not, um, dinging quarterbacks for being short if they're able to competently run an offense and they have all the tools you need going back to michael van buren 511 and a half not a six foot uh, tall quarterback that is a modern exception but if if you have your pick if you can have your cake you're gonna have a six foot five 230 pound quarterback you want the size to absorb the unavoidable hits to have that natural frame for strength and consistent throughout his career development from a physical standpoint. So that's the main thing that I, I, I you'd say with Grunkmeyer. Secondly, a lot of this stuff comes from the actual offense and, the, and, and his team around him speaking to him after the game or after the, the, the camp um, he's, he didn't point to consistency. He didn't point to getting better at anything. He pointed to leadership uh, and he wants to be a better leader this year. He wants to win more games. His team went four and seven last year. Um, there is a certain point that quarterbacks elevate the players around him. And he said, that's what I want to do this year, which means he didn't last year. And that is a thing that you want to keep in mind. Does that develop? He did not have a good situation. I don't think at the Olentangy high school, his offense is very collegey in a, in a formulaic way. So I, I like college concepts if they are done with, you know, kind of traditional football built around them. But when you go hyper college, that means we're throwing swing passes, lateral. We're not pushing the ball down the field. We're not doing we're doing five wide just so we can pick our favorite one on one. We're not actually reading the field. So there's a lot of these gimmicky things in his offense where, you know, he's got a 65 percent completion percentage, but a, a large number of his throws are just swing passes out into the flat. Some of that translates to Penn State. Some of that doesn't. So, like, what is his ability to consistently move the offense down the field? Because, you know, they had a couple games where they were shut out. They had a couple games where the, their offense didn't work. And the question is, did he not run the offense properly? Or did the offense not run properly because it's it's formulaic and you can shut it down? So that's going to be something this fall that I want to see is a little bit more of we saw both Jackson Smollock and Drew Aller do this where the offense was built around them. They went to the spread concept and they were able to generate threats and, and find the right receiver and create offense on a regular basis. Gronkmeyer struggled to do that last year, despite being very good at his position, despite having great stats that the stats aren't the point, right? So does the offense get better around him? Does he find some more threats on the offense to throw to? And can they use a little bit more of the football field? Because there are times where, you know, I get the sense watching him that he watches a lot of Patrick Mahomes film. 
And after the Elite 11 camp, he was talking to somebody else, and I overheard him say, yeah, I watch a lot of Patrick Mahomes film. So that's the style of quarterback he wants to be. He wants to create. He wants to be, you know, generate explosive plays and be creative with the football. Um, and he does that on film. He extends the play looking for a big play within the scheme. So you're running a cover two beater, but his receiver needs more time to get upfield. So he breaks the pocket. He rolls, keeps his eyes down the field. I love that. But there's also the reality of sometimes you just need to go to your, your second progression. Go to your second read. And if you know what you're looking at, if you know that the, the defense is giving you a certain look, just turn and throw and be confident in that. I think there's a little bit more, I don't want to say urgency, but just a little bit more maturity that needs to be in his game. And that's something that Mike Yersich can help him with. And that's something that he can evolve as a quarterback that you won't see in these camp settings because he's just, um, you know, on Twitter the other day, Brad Mandler, his QB coach, the same as Drew Aller, called him a human jugs machine because it's just so consistent. It all comes out the same way. The ball spins so well. He's going to look good in these settings, but then it becomes the mental side of it. He's a smart kid. He just needs to apply, I think, a little more discipline to his game to uh, reap some of the benefits of, of what he can do. T. Frank, now one of the other news items that came out of this event was that Ethan Grunkmeyer, he he passed the audition. He moves yes. on to the Elite 11 finals. What does that mean? And by that, I, I'm asking if there were 10 participants there and 9 out of 10 advanced, or was it there's 10 participants and one made it? I mean, just right. what does it mean that he advanced? And I didn't see that information <laughs> anywhere. Uh, so, and this is how they explained it at the camp is there will be more invites coming out from the state college regional, but they're going to discuss that and then let those people know this week. Like the, it was the final regional, uh, before the finals in June. So he just got the automatic bid. He was the, the camp MVP as the, as the 24 passer, the 2024 passer. So he gets, it's kind of like American Idol. He gets the automatic bid to Hollywood, but they're going to have more guys from that camp. Uh, the Rutgers commit was very good. I didn't get, he was in the same group as Ethan, but I was not watching him as closely. Very strong football player. We talk about an opposite build. The dude is built like a tank. He has a really strong arm, probably a little stronger than Grunkmeyer, uh, but he's built, he's six feet tall. So it's like, that's what you're getting. Um, I would imagine he'd be one of the guys that moves on. But then, and there were a couple other guys, some guys actually that were top 10 in the country, uh, a Georgia commit, a guy that's committed to uh, South Carolina as well, I think was there. So there were some good players that I think will get some of those invites, but he was the guy that gets the automatic bid. He doesn't have to worry about it. He doesn't have to wait. He knows he's going to the finals, which by the way, this is the second time in two years that Mike Yersich has found a guy that goes to the lead 11 finals. Well, when you say he got the golden ticket to go, how many participants were there? And are you saying he was the one and only that was picked for that automatic bid? Yes, he was the he was the one guy that was picked out of the group to get the automatic bid. Uh, and I would say there was about 50 quarterbacks. I'm bad at gauging. Like, I hate the jelly bean game. I yeah. never know how many jelly beans are in the jar, but it was about 50, <laughs> 55. Okay, it wasn't one out of two. It was one out of no. a pretty good number. So, so yes. that is pretty impressive. So, all right, T. Frank, we'll get back to quarterbacks in quarter number four. But first, we're going to take your questions, and we're going to ask T. Frank. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. 
Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's T. Frank Carr. It's quarter number three. That means it's time to ask T. Frank. We're going to take your questions for T. Frank. T. Frank will answer them expertly. Then he will choose the best question of the group, and whoever submitted that question, they will win a prize package from 409tailgateclub.com. That's where the great barbecue sauces, barbecue rubs, including the new coffee barbecue rubs are, and I could vouch for them. They are fantastic. All right, T. Frankie. Oh, by the way, if you want to send in the question, all you got to do, download our app. Just search for Keystone Sports. You'll see the app, and you will then, once you download it, you'll see the Ask T. Frank button. Ready to roll, T. Frank? Let's do it. All right. Let's start with Tim and Redding. Tim must have gotten the memo about this being quarterback week because Tim says, Hey, T. Frank, what's your scouting report on Bo Prabula, and how mm-hmm. much effect do you think it would have on the success of the team if he needed to take over? So I, I've liked Bo since I first, you know, kind of going back to quarter one where we talked about your initial impressions of a player and what his highlight tape says to you and what, you know, context you take from that. Because not every highlight tape is the same. Um, I've liked Bo since the very beginning. I always thought he was a, a player in this class, even with Drew and his ascent to being a five-star guy. When it comes to how he fits in the offense... I think I've said this a couple times of it should look pretty traditional Penn State under James Franklin, which means you're going to do a lot of the basic things that will win you games. So he's going to do a very good job of running the RPO and read option games, which are decision making and quick decisions. He's going to be very good in the underneath passing game. I think he's going to be pretty consistent with his ball placement. Um, and then it becomes what else on top of that can he give you? The athleticism is apparent. 
Um, I remember we were on this show and I was talking about he took a huge step in his physical development from his junior to his senior season. He looked like he had gotten a lot stronger, and that has been a hallmark of of his his uh, development. Is he is a he is an unnaturally strong guy for his size, and that is going to be something that comes through in his tape and when he when he sees the field. Uh, and it's why Penn State wants to find a way to get him on the field and use that that natural and and unique gift. But as a passer. You know, I I see a lot of the special stuff every once in a while where he's great under pressure and he's great with his decision making. And he's but it's just like, what's the upper end of that? Is he going to be a guy that can hit every part of the field? Does he have the strong enough arm to do that? I think he does for the most part, but it's not the difference making field flipping arm strength that you have with Drew Aller, which always is the 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 curse of being compared. Right. So that is the uh, I think that's really the defining trait in, in him is that he's going to be able to do just about anything you ask of him, and he's going to find a way to be successful. So if Penn State has to go to him, I think the offense will be a little simpler because he can do those things at a higher level. But when it comes to his ability to evolve the offense, I don't know that I see the evolution because you know he doesn't have the traditional, everything that everyone's excited about with Drew Aller. Those things are still kind of in the question mark in the, you know, the range of is, are all of those tools going to be able to apply to um, beating safeties with your arm and, and making sure you can get that 20 yard window downfield on a dime, you know, that sort of thing. All right. Our next question comes from Alex Rieger from the big apple. Now, for those of you like yourself, T Frank, who are too young, I suspect this is in reaction to, Last week, I think, on the show with Andy, I referenced the TV show Taxi. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you even know what that show is. Not a, ch- not a chance. I've heard of it. Never seen it. Okay. For those of you who are too young to remember it, just do yourself a favor. Go Google, what does a yellow light mean? Okay? And you'll get a feel for what that TV show was like. Very good show. But anyway, the question is... Are there any incoming freshmen that we will be surprised or disappointed in at the end of the season? Well, you shouldn't be disappointed in any freshmen, especially if they're coming in right now, because what are you expecting of them? That's a little ridiculous. So let's go with the surprise and I'll go with Dakari Nelson. He just checked in the Penn State updated the roster this week. He is six foot three, 200 pounds. So let me tell you a little bit about Dakari Nelson. He uh, was a high school corner. Uh, for the last two seasons, and he's pretty good at it, you know, in terms of playing man coverage and just swallowing up uh, high school receivers. Some good ones that he played uh, as well down in Mississippi. When I talked to him on my show, he said he ran in the four fours uh, before his senior season. So again, six three two hundred running in the four fours, and he's a freshman who has not been in this Penn State weight room. So I end up getting to this point of like uh, imagine runaway imagination of what he could be at the end of being like a six foot three, 220 pound safety that can play box linebacker. And then you can just play 11 people and never take anyone off the field. And you can basically have three safeties rotate, do all these creative things on defense, but put a pin in all of that. If he plays on defense in this safety, heavy D de- uh, um, uh, rotation that Penn state has, um, that will be something exceptional. Uh, but there, there are, you know, some sub packages. He could do some things being that big and that fast. And I'm very high on his skills. Uh, King Mac came in at 175 pounds. 
I, I think he's going to be a slot guy more so than a pure safety, but we'll see. Uh, and those would be the two guys that you would point out on defense. And then uh, again, Andrew Rappelier is the tight end that uh, the next in the tight end factory that should come in and be um, a pretty good talent right away and maybe special eventually. He has the best route running skills I've seen from a Penn State tight end coming in as a freshman. Um, you know, the comparison to Pat Fryermuth, he might be a little bit better of a route runner, a little less physical uh, of a player, but also Andrew was a good blocker in high school too. So he has the, he has an early advantage of being kind of a true tight end, which is rare to actually get at the, at the college level, somebody who played that position and has positional fundamentals that are ahead of their peers at this point. So those would be the three guys I would point out. Okay. Let's go to our friend, Brad in Percasy. Uh, T. Frank, the news came out this week about the uh, Penn State will have to play, is going to play on Black Friday. There was some controversy with the co- new contract. So Brad's asking about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Multiple news outlets have pointed out the Big Ten schools had to make concessions to satisfy the new Big Ten deal with NBC. The schools claimed they had no clue and didn't agree to playing the night games in November. How is it that I, being a layperson, could figure out the deal with NBC required the second or third best game to be a night game, and the schools had no choice if they want the money? How is it now we are getting into scheduling? Are the schools surprised that those old rules don't apply with both teams needing to agree to make it a night game? And Brad follows up with um, with the new TV deal. Who picks in what order among those networks, and does it change depending on the week? I'm not sure how much you dive into that stuff. I could cover it if you if you would want me to. Uh, so, no, I don't know the specifics or the, the details. I rely on some of my coworkers for that because they're excellent at these things. Um, I will just say this. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody knew who signed the contract, but people who have to then go and execute those things, maybe they didn't know about it. But the Big Ten as a whole, they knew what they were getting into. You you got a billion dollars or however many. I, what was it? A billion dollars a year for this deal, uh, this new overall TV rights deal. You're going to have to do something. And TV wants more games. They want more airtime. They don't want them all Saturday at noon and three thirty. So this is what it is. The NFL is doing this. Everybody's doing this, that you're putting games at different times and Black Friday and all that stuff. On our show later this week with Andy, we're going to dive into this issue more. But just real quick. For Brad's question, it brings up a few things. First of all, how does this happen? Brad, if you're out in the corporate world, you've probably already seen this happen. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing because the left hand is doing what's best for them. If you're tasked to get the best TV contract, that's what you go do. You get all the money, you figure, eh, the rest will be taken care of later. I also have an issue for the coaches who are complaining about it. You don't complain when you sign your contract and you're getting millions and millions of dollars to coach. And if that means playing on a cold night in November, you play on a cold night in November. That comes with getting all the billion-dollar television contract. And I think we all, as fans, this question has, we've been asking this question ever since the new contracts were announced, is what about those night games? And nobody had an answer. That should be an indication, T. Frank, that something was amiss here, okay? Mm -hmm. And I share Brad's frustration with this. It's 
it's a billion dollar industry there and they don't work out those details it's crazy and the last part of his question how exactly does that draft happen well they don't talk about that either and i think part of the reason is there is some backroom dealings that go on uh to to make things happen so i'm not sure it's an exact science all right let's move on uh Let's go to Rob in Columbus, Georgia, who says, T. Frank, which one of the Penn State 2023 NFL draftees do you think will have the best professional career and why? Oh, shoot. Now I've got to remember everybody. I got to pull up that file in my in my head. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say Joey uh, because I think he's going into a good situation from the whole sense. Right. So. A lot of perception is built off of the first couple of years. People make up your mind, uh, their mind about you, um, and and then that's that. And I I think he he could struggle in the NFL without a doubt. You know he's got a he's got a a good game, but I don't I wouldn't say he's got a complete game in terms of being able to cover every receiver in every situation. But he's going into one where they know what his strengths and weaknesses are. He's going to his hometown. There are pitfalls with that, but he's a good kid, right? So I don't think he's going to get into trouble. Uh, and he's going to be comfortable and familiar with everything. So I think he's going to be able to hit the ground running. I also like the situation Tig is in. I think that defense is tailor-made for his abilities. He can play three different positions long-term in that defense. So he might have a, a really good career and might be somebody that could even contribute early as a as a rookie. Um, so those would be the two that I think right off the bat I, I like. Um, and then I'll throw... Problem is, I think Juice is good, but I don't trust the Houston Texans to be good enough that anyone cares. So I can't put him on the list, and I don't necessarily like the the fit with Brenton Strange in that uh, Jacksonville offense. But Doug Peterson's a good quarter uh, quarterback coach, and that means he's a good producer of offensive yards. So I'll throw in as a wild card as kind of a third. I think Brenton Strange could have a good career because they targeted him in the second round to be the Zach Ertz and Dal- uh, Dallas Goddard, one of those two guys in that offense. And I think he's going to be the Goddard, uh, not the Ertz. Very good, T. Frank. That is it. Stick around. Quarter number four, more quarterback talk, and we'll name our winner. Stay tuned. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. 
truststatecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. T. Frank, we just finished up our Ask T. Frank segment, which means you need to pick out a winner. Who is it? We're going to go with Tim. Uh, Tim and Redding, I thought the, the question about Bo Perbula, we've talked a lot about the future quarterbacks. We talked about Aller as if he's won the job, which we all presume and that, that that's correct, honestly. Uh, but Bo is a significant figure in this conversation as well. And he can't be overlooked because he's, he's good. He's a good quarterback. So I think, uh, spending a couple of minutes talking about him and re- reminding fans about his abilities, I think is, is important. All righty, then let's get back to that quarterback conversation. We talked mostly about Ethan Grunkmeyer. I would think it's safe to say overall you have a pretty positive response to Grunkmeyer committing to Penn State, correct? Yeah, I, like I said, I think he can be a high-floor guy with a high ceiling. You know, if he can if he can really channel those special abilities, throwing off-platform, be that Patrick Mahomes-type quarterback, you know, in style, not in – the greatest quarterback, you know, in the NFL sort of thing. I'm not comparing that, that, you know, ceiling, but he can be good. He can be a special player. I need to see a little bit more uh, in, in his senior season to see if all of those skills are going to lock in. But yes, I think when you're looking at what Mike Yersich recruits from the quarterback position, he looks for guys that are, that have the mind for the game and have the mechanics for the game. And size be damned, he wants guys that are going to be good at the position. And I think Ethan is good at the position, and he has a strong arm. I want to. I don't think I've talked about this enough. The zip he puts on the ball, the way it spins out of his hand, he's got a, he's got one of the strongest arms uh, that Penn State has recruited in the last three seasons. I would probably put him second behind Aller in terms of actual ball velocity. Okay, T. Frank, you talked about how. You sometimes get reaction. You talked in the first segment about someone writing into you and are responding on Twitter uh, negatively towards this signing or this commitment, I should say. I'm going to play that side. I'm going to play a bit of devil's advocate here, and you can tell me where where I'm wrong. I'm going to look at a little bit of Penn State's history bringing in quarterbacks, and I'm going to paint with that broad brush. I'm not going to count the last two years because we don't know how Drew Aller, Bo Perbola, Jackson Smolik are going to turn out. But in the seven years prior to, to these last two, from 2015 to 2021, Penn State got commitments from 10 different quarterbacks. Two of them decommitted. Mm-hmm. Seven out of eight hit the transfer – well, six out of eight hit the transfer portal – one was a medical issue. So literally one out of 10 that committed saw significant playing time on the field. Out of the eight that uh, arrived on campus, only one was listed as a top 200 player, and that was Sean Clifford, who came in at number 196. If I'm looking at the numbers from that perspective, I'm pretty negative about it, and now you're telling me I should hop on board with this three-star recruit named Ethan Grunkmeyer, who obviously wasn't their first pick. Tell me why yeah. I'm wrong. Uh, well, all those stats that you just, you said it at the beginning, 
I'm not going to consider anything that Mike Yersich, the current offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, has done. To me, that's first. That's where we got to start. I think Mike Yersich is is an exceptional quarterback developer. I think he can he can change that narrative because, uh, you know, when I look at the court, this is the thing. Of those guys, first off, Sean Clifford is the albatross in the room that you 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 cited all the stats about Sean Clifford. He's been here for six years. He just left. So there's only so many starting reps to go around. So all those guys had to transfer because nobody else was playing. Um, so that's part of that whole conversation. Secondly, this is the this is what I'm trying to say. Before Penn State has, you know, let's go to Will Levis. Unbelievable physical talent, wildly inconsistent as a quarterback. You say, if that guy hits, he's talented. I'm saying Mike Yersich's quarterbacks are quarterbacks that are going to hit. Like, they're going to be able to play the position. There are not high-ceiling Michael Johnson Jr. recruits here. These are all guys that play the position with good fundamentals, good mental uh, acumen for the position, good diagnostic skills, all the things that you don't see from the height, weight, speed. The guys he's recruited, the guys he's targeted, the ones he wants to play— they are good quarterbacks. And with Ethan Grunkmeyer, you have a guy that I think has a high floor and a high ceiling. If Penn State wants to add another quarterback in this, in this kind of late bloomer class that we have here in the spring after the evaluation. So for those that don't know, Penn State has offered four, I think, quarterbacks at this point now in just May alone during this evaluation period where they had their initial evals from pre- previous years. So that's where you're getting your Luke Cromanoke, your Michael Johnson Jr., uh, you know, Michael Johnson Jr. wasn't their number one quarterback. Their number one quarterback is committed to Florida State. Um, That guy developed early, physically, mentally, all those things. But there are guys that are late bloomers. Everyone loves that story. So when, when we talk about like recruiting, it is an ongoing process. And you can't let your initial reactions and your initial opinions cloud the judgment of new information. You know, we can have this as a larger context. But when you get new information, you should probably reassess what you knew. Ethan Grunkmeyer, when you aren't sure about a player and you get new information, generally, unless they have big physical tools, they end up as a three-star. Then you learn more, you watch more, you assess more. I see the upside and the growth potential hidden in what he is. But when you have a guy like that, generally, you start with a kind of a baseline of a three-star. Penn State also has other players they're going after because they, they, if they can, they want to add a second quarterback. The guys that I've evaluated just from kind of, and I'm digging into their full film now to see where the warts are, but these guys all have incredible arm strength. Some of them have special delivery ability where the ball gets out of their hands very fast. And some of them are prototype, like, you know, if they were doing this a year ago would be in the conversation and maybe this guy's a five-star. So he's found these quarterbacks and he is targeting guys that I think have a higher percentage of being good and having the ability to pop to that elite level when they are taught by him, who I think is a good play caller and could put them in a good situation as long as the talent around them at other positions stays at the level it's been recently. So that is the long answer to the short question of Mike Yersich is changing the culture in the quarterback room, in my opinion. That's a good answer to you, Frank. And you brought up, you uh, read my mind. I was going to ask, are they looking at a second quarterback from this class? And I think, you know, based on numbers, meaning quantity that they have in the quarterback room, and of course, always the potential at quarterback. You know these guys yeah. do hit the portal. History tells us that. 
So are they looking for a second quarterback? And are there any names that we should be aware of? Yeah, some of this stuff, uh, you know, my colleagues at Blue White Illustrated have been doing a great job with, and I, I won't get into all of the information, but some of the guys, uh, one of the guys that they offered recently, Miles O'Neill uh, out of New England, uh, is a guy that's a three-star, kind of an up-and-coming guy, and has, that's what I'm talking about in terms of, you've got a guy who is 6'4", 210 pounds already, has a really strong arm, and some of his passes look like extended handoffs. So like the physical ability to throw the football down the field, he's really good at vertical leads. I really like what he's able to do in terms of that. But then to me, you know, obviously it's about learning more about the whole picture and learning more about where are the, the holes in his game for what you see on the highlight tape. And then I've watched one of his games uh, that I, I watched recently. Um, he threw, he, he put up 14 points, I think in two drives where he just, uh, it was kind of a back and forth game. And then he just started nailing these, these deep routes in tight coverage in the back of the end zone for touchdowns. He's got good receivers at uh, Marblehead high school. So uh, these, these quarterbacks have something special. Each one of them that I've looked at has something unique that I think is a trait that is, is something you can develop uh, at the college level and is a better bet is a better bet than what you would be getting from getting guys that have big arms and can run and are, you know, tall and, and powerfully built. They have skill behind that stuff. Okay. T Frank, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Okay. Looking out into the future, Drew Aller, you got to think is the quarterback in 23, 24, as long as he remains healthy. And mm -hmm. if he remains healthy, Probably after 24, he's gone. He'll he'll be an NFL quarterback. So that leaves us at 25 with Bo Prabula, if he sticks around. Smolik, if he sticks around. Grunkmeyer, if he sticks around. Or possibly a true freshman from the 2025 recruiting class. Looking way, way ahead. You have a favorite as your starting quarterback in the 25 season, T. Frank. Come on, oh. have some fun here. Oh Put yourself God. out on a limb. All right. It's two years ahead of time. No one will yeah. remember this take. No yeah, yeah. one will be saving this for two years to get so, back at you. Yeah, but it just, so it all comes down to how these guys process the game. So they all have the ability to do it. They all have shown uh, early signs of being able to beat the defense with their mind. That is the that is the special quality of a quarterback. Is sure you need the physical tools to do it. Sure you need the ability to, um, you know, evade pressure and throw the ball into any position you want. But you need to know where to go. You need the targeting system. So guys that I think have the aggregate skills to do that and have the special ability. I would put it between Grunkmeyer and Prabula if he stays around. Um, I think there's more, just because he's in the shadow of Drew Aller's arm, I think Prabula gets a little bit of a, na a knock that is unfair, that I do think he can, kind of in a Sean Clifford way, he can hit any position on the field if his feet are clean, right? So if he's able to step into his throw and use proper mechanics, he's not a guy that can off-platform throw anywhere. So I would give him the, you know, the intangible bump. I think he sees the field really well. 
And then Grunkmeyer has those special qualities I talked about of being able to evade pressure, throw off platform to just about any part of the field. Although I think he gets a little bit carried away with his arm strength. It's not good enough that he can he can throw falling away to the middle of the field in uh, in a too high defense like he sh- there there are areas where that that kind of hero ball takes over a little more than it should but he's also like I'm looking at his junior film we're, we're now projecting a couple years in the future where he's in an offense with Mike Yersich and I think that there's you know development from a, men- a mental standpoint there so um, I would probably give the lead to Grunkmeyer in this imaginary situation. I think he could be the next starter at Penn State. So that's what I'm when I am talking about him. I'm thinking that I guess in my head as well of he will eventually be a starter at Penn State that can keep them competitive. And if he hits the high end of his ability, could be a guy that again pushes them into a playoff situation if the rest of the team is also good. Very good, T. Frank. You have built up my confidence in this selection of Ethan Grunkmeyer. We'll all be excited to see him in a couple years. That is it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, guys. This is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love.